this guy is trying to convince this other guy. I guess the the guy me trying to convince trying to convince the other guy to do this uh, family and friends series of CDs of like Annika and collaborations, and we want to do this performance art piece where it's at a high school and we basically send a rope from one locker to another locker across the hall and it's some perform it's like a uh, installation or something um and it's like a red the red rope from like the red carpet kind of thing and yeah, it's like to me it's really it's, it says a lot or something and um I'm trying to convince uh, my my friend who I work with to do it and I'm like I got my my hands on his shoulders and we're like real close and I'm like trying to convince him I'm like I, you know I just think we should do it it's so good I'm telling you and he's like as I'm doing that he's like doing the same voice he's like Bella go see he's smiling I'm doing these I'm doing these weird hand gestures like Nosferatu hand gestures I'm like what Bella Lugosi, you remind me of Bella Lugosi. I'm like, what? What the fuck? I'm trying to tell you this thing, you know. It's just a little funny bit. Um, here I am. Times hot. It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? That there in the beginning was a, was a dream that I had the other night. Um, I think I might start putting some dreams on these podcasts. I want to diversify a little bit, get into some more of the field recording stuff. Um, that was a uh, that was from the Fourth of July parade in Northside in Cincinnati. Just just have more diversity here, not just like introduction to the interview, interview outroduction to the interview. You know. I guess the interviews are the main thing, you know, and I, I like the podcast for being able to talk to people and meet and, uh, you know, get to know people. But I also like the idea of, of uh, you know, sort of collecting these things that I record that I don't, don't ever put on albums because they're not music exactly. Or, you know, they're not my music necessarily. Uh, but, you know, but I, I, I have been loving doing these. I spend a lot of time on them and uh, as does... Ben Sloan and this this week Doug McDermott one of my bandmates he he worked real hard and edited you know some of this conversation I didn't end up using what he did because of time and circumstance I ended up uh, doing it myself but um I I do appreciate him uh doing that I want to somehow at some point 
hopefully figure out a way to get paid from this so that I can focus on it even more. If any of you has any ideas, you can be my, my podcast manager. Wonderful. My guest today, Mike Eagle, uh, was, you know, a friend of a friend for a long time. And I knew of him and I think he knew of me. I didn't really know his music that well. I had heard a couple songs and thought he was a great rapper, but I wasn't that familiar. And well, I met him actually at one of his shows randomly at the Northside Tavern. I was just walking. I was leaving another friend's show and he and and some other guys, uh, Milo and they were playing in the front and I just walked by. I was like, this is West Coast rap. This is not, this is not some Cincinnati shit. So I stuck around and listened for a while and then went up to him and found out, oh, I had actually met you before. You're Mike Eagle. And he knew me. He was coming back to Cincinnati. I asked, figured, hey, what the hell? I'll interview him. Uh, get to know the guy a bit. And uh, I, I did. Had him over to my house. And I fucking love this guy. We had a great talk. There's a fucking mosquito in here that keeps getting He keeps getting me. And like I'm like, the other day, let me tell you about something the other day. I had a, a thing that happened to me that was like transformative. There was, and I, it's hard to explain what happened, but I've been having flies in my house sometimes, and sometimes there's fucking like uh, maggots in the trash, and I wonder. Anyway, I don't want to gross you out, but it's been hot here, you know what I mean? And in the heat, and I, I just started eating meat, so I have like bones in the trash. Anyway, it's disgusting. It's fucking disgusting. I had a, some flies at some point in the house and i i was very like gentle about it i would always figure out a way to like get them out of the window somehow like coax them like i spent a long time doing it but i was really good at it i must have gotten upwards of 25 30 40 flies out of my windows like one at a time crazy shit like that anyway the other morning i had just woken up And, you know, before myself that has developed from nurture, you know, living day to day for 34 years, what I I expect of myself, you know, whatever I am, bit nebbishy, bit of a bit of a puss, you know, before that had a chance to kick in, I come downstairs and usually what I do first is I grab a drink of water. I did. I put the, the glass to the refrigerator, get my water and I see a fly. And I'm going to say this, and it's going to take a while to say, but this all took about an eighth of a second, okay? I see a fly. He lands on the counter. He or she lands on the counter. Before I had a chance to consider anything, almost simultaneously, as the fly landed, my hand squashed him. Immediately. No thought. Total connection of my being and the being of that fly i was meant to kill that fly it had it had a destiny with me you know we were we were intertwined at that moment and maybe maybe for all our lives and it felt so good not killing it not the act of killing it but the act of totally removing my ego and psyche out of the situation just acting. It was amazing. I'd like to live my life like that. I'd like to live my life in that one eighth of a second of my arm swinging and squashing that fly. And since then, 
I've been trying to do it. There's these mosquitoes in my house, and I try to do it, but it's it's always on my mind, and I never can get them. They're always too fast. To be fair, house flies are slower than mosquitoes. But anyway, Mike Eagle, tangent. I'm tangential. I'm tangential. Uh, Mike Eagle, an extremely lovable guy. We, we're in a relationship now, he and I. I've been telling everyone. A friendly relationship, not a romantic one. Though I don't always clarify it. We talk about all kinds of... Just, just fucking listen to this shit. Jesus. We're recording just because fuck it. Yeah. Should I shake this up? Uh, no. Oh, do you not know, shake it. Well, clearly that, says, that's not... I mean, that's... These are, I'm using right. the bottles, of course. Exactly. But you, you, I just do like that. Okay. Just to get the bottom... The sediment into the thing, which if you I'm shake it, shake it. If you shake it, shake it, it could be problems. Okay. You never know. What kind of problems could explosive? Come from- oh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> you like it? Mm-hmm. It's different. It's not. You know. I mean, it doesn't taste too much different than store bought. You know. Good. I'm always aiming for store bought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This would get this the approval stamp at the good. factory, man. Good. This is good to go out retail. Good. I used to watch a lot of, uh, like, I'd be sick. I used to get sick a lot when I was a kid, and I'd stay home and watch, uh, they'd have, like, Disney cartoon movies on all day. Wonderful World of Disney. Okay, yeah, and sure. They, they had this one. But that came on at night, didn't it? They did. You know, there was, like, they had, like, live-action movies that would come on at night, but some days they would play, like, cartoon movies in okay. the daytime under the same banner. And, um... I don't remember what the cartoon was, but there was like this park ranger, and he was like farming bee honey for some reason. Okay. And he would take a taste of it, and he would slap a label on it. It was like, oh, this is ninety eight percent pure. Okay, okay. No, this is ninety nine percent pure. He had the taste buds for it. This <laughs> yeah, it must have been, and I'm gonna throw a guess out here. This mm-hmm. must have been. Jellystone Park. I'm, I'm gonna guess Yogi Bear. I don't think so. No, this, okay, this, is, okay. this was something. That's Hanna Barbera. Yeah, actually, this was right, actually right. something Disney. And for some reason, I can't remember what this world was. But I remember they had this song: uh, "Pick the papers up, put them in the trash." First you stick your bag, put it in the bag, bump bump. Then you bend your back, put it in the sack, bump bump. That's the way it's done. It's a lot of fun, bump bump. Cutting papers, putting papers in the bag. It's just, I guess, it was just for sick kids because it, it wasn't. What, what, like why were you we, we sick as a kid? I had asthma. I okay. still have a touch of asthma. I think it manifests itself as allergies now with like pet hair and okay stuff like that. But um, I had really bad asthma growing up, so. I would get like a cold and it would be like life threatening, you know what I mean? Because I have yeah. like, so much stuff going on in my lungs and esophagus and stuff. Do you take medicine for it? Not anymore. I used to, though. Okay. I used to take pills and liquid medicine, all kind of stuff. I had inhalers and all that because I needed to be like monitored. I used to have, I used to get hospitalized for asthma. What do you think causes that? Um, I don't know. Like, uh, why, why you and not like, I, do you have siblings? I do. Um, and neither one of them had it my son actually has asthma okay um he's only like he's four and a half but me and his mom had it so they said it was a high likelihood that he would so it's it's genetic and there's some component to it that's genetic and they say it all ties into having 
what they call a hypersensitive immune system. Okay. So it's related to stuff like eczema. Um, basically, like your so body... So it's, it's an autoimmune immune disease yeah, in a way. Yeah. Okay. It's like your body... Um, the antibodies are rushing in to fight something that's not really that, yeah. that troublesome. It's overreacting, basically. Right. So overreacting to dust, overreacting to something on the skin. Like, yes. And all that's related to asthma. Sure. What, this, I guess that's what the new science is. There's a lot of, you know, see, I'm more and more I learn about these autoimmune things. It's, it's weird. There's so mm-hmm. many diseases. Like, I, got, I have Crohn's disease, which is the same principle, basically, is that your, you know, your antibodies are rushing into, and then they start, you know, fucking with the lining of the intestines. Oh, so like, same idea. They start killing the bacteria or something? Right, the good oh, the bacteria. Oh, and, and, and start eating at the lining or whatever. Yeah. Damn. So it's the same idea. Yeah. You, you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Of course. When he was talking about groats on that, was that like... Groats disease. Yeah, was that supposed to be Crohn's and they were just using a different name for it? No, nah, I think that's something like... That was something he made up. Okay. Is that right? No, I'm, I'm asking. Is that like something he made? He said he had or something? I thought somebody on the show actually had it, had it. And he okay. was and he was getting in trouble for like making groats. light of it or something. Groats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the groats disease. Tell me about the groats. Um... Well, everything I ate tasted like peaches. And I forgot how to multiply. I could subtract, but I couldn't multiply. If I'm fucking six women three times a day, seven days a week, how many times per week am I fucking? So, yeah, you grew up in, in Chicago. I did. Born and raised. Yeah, uh, did you know uh, Dave no. Cohn for, like, as, like, growing up? Or, or not no. growing up, but I mean, like, in the rap scene, coming up. No, we met in college. Okay. We went we went to SIU together, Southern Illinois University. Okay. And um we met there. We were definitely both part of the rap scene there. Yeah. He he got to school a little earlier than me and he left a couple years before I did, so we weren't in it at the same time very long, but we were both part of like that campus's lineage and how that tied into Chicago for sure. Okay. But um I'm not sure how active he was in Chicago before school, but if he was it was probably on a different side of town than me like I was on the south side just rolling with all the south side rap guys right and the south side breakdance uh, graffiti or taggers scratch bombing sure you know I, I listened to the Marins so yeah yeah, yeah I, right, I, right. I, I, yeah I, I heard about that not that I, I don't want to hear it twice no, no. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not yeah, it's not yeah, scratch the windows you know like that's <laughs> kind of it you know I mean yeah and so you, you guys would meet up every every week to to what freestyle and break down. just like a like almost like a weekly hip hop symposium or what? Yeah, I mean we had a spot we would all there was this park district, this place called Promontory Point that's right on the lakefront, mm-hmm. and it was a park district that actually had like a break dancing class that was sanctioned. Okay, and so another guy who I think was in Acrobats too or Euphonics or one of like the other uh, big crews, you know, taught class, which basically meant we had open floor and we would all. Uh, link up Tuesday and Thursday afternoons at the point and um, practice breaking we'd be ciphering people would be sharing their peace books and all that some cats you know I, I don't think they ever really had turntables in there so it, wasn't it was like a thing. small scribble jam every almost. twice a yeah, week that's crazy twice a week and you is that how you got all fucking swelled up is uh, <laughs> yeah I mean that's uh, that and yeah I used to watch a lot of um, you remember when ESPN used to have like exercise shows in the afternoon but that dude Galad I'm Galad and then I think his wife had another was show it, too he's a Hebrew guy Galad something, uh, something yeah. he, he was from somewhere else I think his name was Galad 
Jenkluitz or something like that. All right, everybody ready to work? They like had exercise mats on an Air Force base or something. Just like okay. helicopters landing in the background. But when I was a kid, it's nothing. Before they came out on green screen, so that shit was real. This was very real. Yeah, yeah. This was very real. And um, they used to, you know, when I was home sick or even when I was just home after school, I would watch that stuff and, and be exercising along with oh. them as a child. Wow. Like, you know what I mean? I used to just do a ridiculous amount of exercise okay. as a child. I don't even, it, oh, I was about to say I don't know why, but I do know why. Why? Because I watch a lot of professional wrestling. Okay, yeah. And I always wanted... That'll do it. The big muscle connecting the the, uh, the shoulder That's to the, the ear. That's the trapezius muscle. Yes. Yeah. Like, like um, a hawk from the Legion of Doom. I wanted, sure, I wanted, sure. That huge, yeah. huge. Both both dudes from Legion of Doom mm-hmm. actually had huge trapezius. They, they both, they both, they both really which, did. Which was Hawk? Was he the opposite, the out, outside Mohawk or the inside outside Mohawk? Outside Mohawk. The one in... Which actually meant he was probably balding in the yeah, middle. He and absolutely he was. Get, he and he was do. using a lot of steroids and yeah. losing his hair and a lot of other drugs and stuff too. But he had some trapezius. He did. He had the, the nicest yeah. in the trapezius muscle. But yeah, so I used to exercise ridiculously. So I think I like have like some permanent muscle undertone thing going on he did the work yeah did Good. weird work yeah early and then breakdancing too for sure oh, I definitely yeah, that, I, that, and especially tightening that'll really mm-hmm. tone mm-hmm. I imagine but yeah now but yeah now I'm, I'm I don't do anything anymore I, I just try to start running actually I do run now I can say I run now like you when I'm saying you can say it. I run like I run like a mile a day just running that's um, you know I think it's consistency that's most important now so I'm on the road and I'm fucked up because right, I just right. the only thing I do on the road is is I'll get out and do push ups at yeah. the gas stations yeah. just because I need to do something but like I have like muscles and then I also yeah. have like gut you yeah know sure I'm sure like, metabolism slowed down and I'd like to say I was the opposite, but I still don't have the muscles. I, I just grew up with the gut. And I see. Muscularly, I keep total atrophy at bay. <laughs> that's my, that's my, my goal. But I did actually, when I was like 13, 14, Max Rubin, my, my uh, up-the-street neighbor, had gotten like a, a bar and, and for, for bench presses and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess his dad had been a bodybuilder like okay. in the 70s or something like that, so... He had some of that stuff, and, and it was in his room. And literally, like in my memory, his room was like ten foot by ten foot, and it had his bed in it, and a TV, and a desk, and another like uh, table, and then it had a bench. <laughs> but I don't know how we fit all That's that what shit I'm thinking. in there. I'm like... It did not fit. It did not fit. <laughs> but um, but it would be two young strapping young lads, and he would be playing like shit that I hated like uh, punk rock music uh, <laughs> and uh, we'd be fucking doing bench presses so I, I got in I, I want to say I got the beginnings of an understanding but it never carried over for some reason my mother in high school bought me like maybe it was my mother somebody bought me one of those weird rubber band yeah. type weight like solo flex kind solo of things flex, but sure. it wasn't that it was like Weeder made off, it or off something brand. some off brand yeah. thing with these rubber bands to give you this Weird resistance yeah. that you'll never get in life anywhere. I never liked that. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. But that summer, I don't remember what it was, but I was just doing that all the time and like watching. I felt like I was watching Death Comedy Jam all the time and just exercising on a solo flex. Yeah. As a machine, the human body remains a supreme invention. To unlock its potential, we offer solo flex. Yeah, I listened to the, the EP today. Thanks for checking that out, mm-hmm. man. 
I'm really happy That's with great. how this stuff turned That's out. Great. And thank you. It's been so, fun stuff to perform, especially a lot of it's fun, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you're on a real touring grind, right? I mean, it seems like I saw you what a few months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when, in Cincinnati, like you know, yeah. of all places. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, I mean, you got a good situation over there, yeah, man. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's great. Like yeah. you know, they pay cool and. You know, there was a little crowd there last time. Free shows always good, yeah, you know. Yeah. So you don't have to worry too much about stuff that we typically have to worry sure. about and draw and, and all that. You know, which for me, you know, that kind of stuff is real tough, man, because I've never had, like, a high-platform release. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, I, I started with Mush, which was right at the end of them having... When, when did you start with Mush? 2010. And did they still exist? The, I don't... You know what? Last I heard... Um, that guy doesn't live at that place anymore. And Which he, place? Was it the Lower Canyon place? Yeah, the Lower Canyon place. Yeah, cause he was there when I came onto the label. Okay. I signed in like tw- in 2009. Did he promise you eternal life? And, and uh, <laughs> he, Well, you know what? I, I think that he was so deep in the game at that point, man. He he promised me very little. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was very happy to be there. Yeah. You know, I was. I used to just sit and look at that roster page all the time sure, on the sure. website. Like, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I remember, man, actually thinking, oh, man, I'm going to be a part of this. You know what I mean? Like, I had, you know, this just the naivety of thinking that, like, oh, these guys must all hang out together. They're all on the label. Right, right, <laughs> you know right. I mean? and, you know, but, it, you know, you learn very quickly. I mean, he, you know, they like to keep people separate, I think, on purpose after a certain So point. no one knows what's going on. And I it, mean, look, I have very warm feelings about the guy. I really good. do. And he, and he, he really... You know, bark or bite, whatever it mm-hmm. was. I mean, in a positive way, he he did make some things happen. Oh, he early definitely on. started and, my career. I, there's yeah. no and and to, in my position, like there's no way he ever even should have took a chance on me. You know right. what I mean? It, why like, why you say that? Well, because that was only a few years ago. Yeah. You where were you at at that time? Um. I had just been making group records with my group Thirsty Fish. Another scary lullaby for you, glary bubble line. Okay. Um, in Chicago? No, no, this was in LA. You were already in LA. Yeah, yeah. I, did you I, go to LA? I moved to LA in 2004. Okay. Yeah, so I just got down with all the Project Blow guys, and like we were like this, uh, you know, young generation of Blow. We had kind of had this whole thing. Did you go there because of Blow, kind of? Go to LA because yeah. of Blow? Not necessarily. I did. No, that when I decided I was moving there, that I was definitely gonna like go full steam with music as as far as it would take, you know, yeah. because I figured that'd be a good place to try to do it, and and I just knew that there were a lot of artists there who I could follow their paths in terms of like these guys who are independent, and from from what it seemed like to me, they were all like national. They seem to be doing really well. Uh, they like who? Who's an example of that? AC Alone. Yeah. Um, you know, Abstract Rude, Bus Driver. Like, those right. are, you know, like, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, I'm gonna sit at this tree of knowledge. And, right. And, you know, and I really also, in my naivety in that situation is I, I looked at Blow like it was gonna be like an artist commune. Mm-hmm. Even though I've been there before, my dad's always lived in LA. Oh, okay. So I used to come some summers and spend the whole summer in LA. And starting in high school, I would always go to the blow because I was rapping in. So I would always go to blow and cipher all night. I got, I got police pass and Mike the first time I gone up there. Is that still is it still happening no. over there? Like, uh-uh. <clears throat> okay. Um, there's still a rap event that goes on in that building, but it's a monthly and it's called Bananas. And the rappers, you know, the that the younger ones still come and uh, freestyle, but it's not. It's a completely different atmosphere. Right. There's no booing. There's no you know. It's just people come to perform. 
and people come to Cypher outside and it's all cool. Okay. Does it, and you, you jumped right into that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cause like I said, I already knew it from high school and I, you know, some of the people still remembered me, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, when I got there, it went full steam. Like, Was you know, it nerve wracking? A little bit, man, because there was a lot of weird politics that I really wasn't aware of. There was a lot of, um, I started working like in the Blowed Records office, you know, like and really like sitting like that's where I really learned a whole lot about what was that, actually as happening. The Blowed Records label office? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as as like a intern or what? It, it probably would would be safely called an intern, but it was never anything that official. I would just show up. Um, sometimes I'd record with people. They had a studio in the office. Mm-hmm. Okay. The the label manager, I would just see what he was doing and see where I could help. Like I was like associate producer credit on some things just by lining some video shoot type stuff up. I used to my favorite thing to do was to find out when they had shows. You know, Ace had well, a- AC was the main artist that was operating out of the label office. What, I'm sorry. What, what, what are we like? 2004. This right is now? this is like this is probably six. Okay. This is probably okay. 06. Because, okay. I mean, I had to do a lot to, like, earn that kind of access mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in terms of just people seeing my face and then hearing me rap and you know, all of that type of uh, initiation, slow initiation, familiarization type shit before I was able to, like, do that. But, um, yeah, my favorite thing to do would be to find out when they had shows and I would just volunteer to do their merch for them. Anyway. Okay. Because, like, that. The, the feeling of, like, being at a, like, well-attended show... And having people put money in my hand for yeah. rap music, it was just like the best feeling in yeah. the world. Like, oh, yes, 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 give me money to right. take these CDs. Like, right. I wouldn't even, you know, most of the times I wouldn't even get any, but it was just like, I like that type of experience. I like being associated with them like that, you know, like it was real cool. And usually they'd let me jump up and they'd do a cypher thing at the end. I get to jump up and rap, like stuff like that. I mean, I used to follow around cats on tour. My first tour that I was billed on was with Bus Driver in 2009. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I just followed around in my own car, you know, wasn't getting paid, like, just see what, you know, and that really kind of started my career, you know? Yeah. Your career, it seems like it started, like, pretty late. Like, you're, like, my age, I feel like. How old are you? 30? I'll be 33. 33. Okay, yeah. I'm 34. Okay. Uh, before 2004. Okay. Were you rec- recording? No. Nope. Or, or was it, okay, so you, you were just... Sort of boning up on learning how to do shit. Freestyling. Yeah, I mean, I've been freestyling since high school. Like, okay. freestyling was what I was known for. Like, yeah. the rap battle guy. Like, I was that dude. You yeah. Know? Um, like Did I you said, go to the Scribble Jams? I never went to oh, the Scribble Jams. Okay. I'm like, like, when I think about that now, it's yeah. like, and what you're talking about in terms of how late my career started, that's why. Because okay. I never went to those. And I'm like so dumb. For, I had friends that were going. I should have really just did Just that. to what? Just to rub elbows and stuff No, because like I would have gotten in. At that time, I, I would have gotten in those battles. battles. Yeah, of course. And I, like, win or, lo- win or loss, I would have made a name for myself sure, at that time. Because sure. that's what I was doing in school was winning all the rap battles. Okay. Like, that's that was, you know, people would have me on their campus radio show and I just rap for like half an hour. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you know, that was the prime of like my freestyle battle ability. And I should have been there kind of showcasing. Were you writing at that time too or no? Not so much. Not so much. Um, Like I said on the Marin podcast, I never wrote a song until I had to do a show, you know? Yeah. When it was like time to like, okay, we want to put your name on the flyer. You have to perform something. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's when I started writing songs. Yeah. Uh, You've you've gotten real real good at it. Thank you. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm... fantasized about that right you know like and I'd always thought you know and I'd never really done it but I'd always thought about songs you know like it was 
what I probably should do is learn some damn music theory, you know what I mean? So I could really yeah. do everything that's in my head, you know, manifest all of that. I, you know, stuff. I don't think it's a matter of like learning it. I think it's a matter of probably just uh, you know, do you produce songs too? Or I saw all the ones on the EP or, or someone else. Yeah, I mean, you know, I do sometimes. I, I start things off sometimes. Uh, sometimes I'll bring samples to other people. I um, I used to make a lot of beats. Okay. Um, I used to use that program Acid Pro. Right. And just make I had hundreds of beats. But at some point... They got lost in the cloud or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're still there. A lot of them still on my old computer. Um, Commodore 64, though. Yeah, well, no, it was what is that? No, it was was HP and all that, but, it, but yeah. um, uh, at some point, I noticed that like people who were serious about beats spent a lot more time on beats than I could spend on beats. Like I was right. like a rapper making beats. So that right. I would right. loop something, throw some drums on it. If I felt like it, I might try to play a little bass line. I'd be like, "Hey, that's a beat!" Right and done. And now it's it's ready to be wrapped. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like you know, Doom style, but not nearly as even interesting is he right. chops it up right. and lays it like literally like putting drum loops on top of shit you know what I mean yeah um, yeah and so you know especially being down there in LA too where that whole beat scene thing is taking off like it's real easy to tell like when somebody's making good serious is it I, I, I Sean makes fun you know Sean from Anacon mm-hmm. he makes fun of me for not knowing anything about electronic music I mean I know when I like something I right. guess but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like good in that scene. Like, I don't. I mean, honestly, it's such a scene. It seems like it is, and a lot of that shit is hype. A lot of that shit, you know, just like in any other field, it's about who's behind them. I'm not a super fan of of that as a genre. Um, What's the kind of beat that gets you juiced? Well, when you say what kind, I'm like, not sure like, how to answer that. I just like I just talked to uh, Kitty. You know Kitty Pride. Like, uh, I know of her. I never yeah, met yeah. her. Yeah, the stuff she's looking for for her new album is that you know she's like I want it dark and sultry and mm. bassy and you know. Do you have a certain description of of the kind of beat that like gets your mind moving, or is it always different stuff that gets you in different moods or what? Um, or do you not write to beats at all? I don't. No, know. no, I'd have to write to beats. You write to beats. Yeah, okay. Definitely write to beats. Uh, I don't like not writing to beats. Um, I don't write to beats. Okay. I don't know how to do it. I'm going to try to, I think, in the future to get more into That's that. really interesting. Like, you just never have written to beats. I have. Okay. I did. Okay. I came up doing that, okay. I guess. But I, I, not in many years. Hmm. Yeah. That makes me want to try not writing Well, you beats. get, I, I feel like, and I don't mean to, to swing the conversation, I'll put it, but I feel like you do get more different shit if you're yeah. not writing the beats because yeah. it's just really whatever the fuck you think of so then I mean do you have a metronome in your head when you do that at some no some no of? and I'll end up with really fucked up phrasing okay. and weird shit and then you go in later and you have to like fix things okay. up but the initial the initial ideas and the initial stuff is things that really came naturally you know what I mean you know what and, and that's that's interesting because there's something I've been looking for in writing lately and it's and it's about trying to go different places than I would as a default. And I think that might have a lot to do with it. Is that since I'm writing to a grid, I'm getting grid stuff. Right. You know what I mean? That if I, hmm, if I try to just write and then. Because you can always fit it later. Like, you know, and I I do this and I know Getty does it too. Like has just. Yeah. Getty's notes. Notes full in his phone. And Mm -hmm. I have it the same thing in my phone where it's just like, it'll, the note will be like fucking like, you know, red shoes on an 
elf or something. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, what? Yeah, not, yeah. Not, no, not I do. That. I know exactly what you mean. Random shit like that. And you'd you be mean. like, all right, later you'll figure out how to plug that. See, that's the thing is, I've been. It's funny. In the last few months, I've been taking notes like that. Like I have notes in my phone. I have notes I've written on random pieces of paper. When it comes to writing, I never go back to them. You got to go back. You're right. You know, like just like because there's always somewhere to fit those things in. Yeah, and that's honestly like that's. When I hear writing that wows me, it's like that. Where like there's this, these bombs kind of just right, like implanted right. in it. Just it just makes it rich. You want you want like you know there's got to be a fucking strawberry in every bite of the strawberry cheesecake or whatever the fuck. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, like too. on a tour I'm on right now, like I'm kind of like tour managing it too. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't I don't hate I don't hate it. Yeah. I don't hate it. Um, because I like having a lot of information about what's going on, yeah. where we're going, and all that anyway. Uh, but like I, you know, I see cats writing in a van. I get, oh. <laughs> like, could you do that? Do you do that? Like if you're if you're not TMing, like and you're just sitting in the back when yeah, you write your stuff. I've written stuff. some of my okay. best stuff like that, yeah. man, in a yeah. van. Like yeah. I love writing on a plane. Like while you're, you know what while I mean? you're traveling. Yeah. yeah, I love like that's, that's what Kitty said to me yeah. too. She does it. That's one of my favorite uh, mode modalities to write in. It's yeah, like in transit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get a lot of fresh stuff that way. Yeah, you know? I hear you. And and see, I'm in this point in my life. I'm I'm really trying to like go back to older intentions, mm-hmm. not necessarily ways of making stuff, but I feel like I've gotten to this point with this, this certain amount of success that I've gotten where uh, things have become a bit like you know, fear has crept in, and there's a do or die. There's like a there's like a, a must do it right kind yeah. of mentality. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I want to get back to that old intention of, of like just that why I started doing it in the first place is that feeling of awe and like you know trying to capture that. But isn't that the scariest thing of all, then? Because then you're putting it all on the line. You know what I mean? But you like, got, but but if you don't put it all on the line, there's no point. But do you worry about what could happen if you gamble and lose it all? Like, if you just make something it's that, that people just universally hate, like, do you think, do you ever think that maybe there's no coming back but, from it? But, like, regardless of whether you play it safe uh-huh. or whether you play it, whether you're risky, either way, people will hate your shit. Of they course, no, absolutely. Yeah, there's never, you know, nobody, nothing's ever universally loved either. Yeah. You know, I just, I'll take it back to that blow conversation, right? Yeah. When I got there, this is like, you know, 06. I would be so scared. I just have to say, I would never. I would never. I'm not a freestyler. Okay, okay. But okay. even if I was, I, that is the most frightening thing in, if, to me is like getting up in front of these people that are just so good. Oh, yeah. No, it's crazy. And they're crazy people and they make each other crazier. Yeah. Via that energy. But I've, one thing I've learned about L.A. in a lot of different disciplines, in spoken word, poetry, even in acting, there's places people you can go to perform where people are going to be mean to you. Right. <laughs> and like it engenders this this kind of brazenness, this kind of like bravery. Yeah. And I've noticed like, oh, okay, that's part of the whole chip on the shoulder LA thing is a lot of people are used to performing for other performers who are being mean. Like right. you know what I mean? Right. Who like I remember there's this one spoken word spot called the World Stage, it's right around the corner from Project Blow. Okay. And like the host would say, yo, if you guys aren't feeling the peace, don't clap. Like, no applause. Like, no bullshit at all. If they need work, we're going to tell them what they need work on. Like, right. it's a really workshop mentality yeah. in all of these different disciplines. Where do you think that, that mentality comes from? Uh, Probably it being so close to the entertainment business and that there's so many opportunities that are around there that um, 
people end up really wanting to be the best because when you're the best, you can get on this rocket ship out of L.A., you right. know what I mean, and right. really take off. And I think that kind of creates this environment where people are like, no, you can't get on yet. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've seen a lot of that around. But what I was saying is when I got to the blow in 06, I started seeing that a lot of people's careers were changing rapidly. It seems like maybe it all started in like 01, 02, where people who were used to getting broke off these huge amounts of money from labels, playing shows that were always packed, like, you know, having their records available everywhere. This is within the bloat. This camp. is within the bloat and surrounding. Yeah. So when I yes. say, you know, yes. bloat, I'm also talking like uh, afterlife, also yes. talking like shapeshifters. Like, well, I, in, in, I noticed this remotely. I mean, okay. def- definitely. For the for those guys specifically, and, and, and the rest of us as well. I mean, but you know, I, I saw that a lot of them started. I mean, I, I don't know. Some took risks. Some of them played it safe. I guess it didn't matter. But I just saw people lose a lot. Yeah, you know, and I saw fear really get in there because it didn't seem, and it's still a lot. It doesn't seem like you can get it back. And I and I'm, I know this is different from you because you exist in a realm outside of like the indie rap. You know, yeah, but like, I'm in my own realm, whatever it is. Right, you know what I mean? right. Like, but I just, I just mean that I think a lot of what happened with them, even in aside from whatever decisions they made, was just the sheer amount of money that left that system. Yeah. You know, from cats that used to buy every record just to start downloading and not buy anything. That was a you big know, blow. Huge. Yeah. And then all the labels that fell. Yes. You know, yes. that were really keeping those cats alive. Like... You know, they lost a lot. They just lost so much. I, I think there was also a, a, a shift uh, away from that indie rap thing. Yeah. Like, I, I think during that period, and I changed my style completely, not knowing that it would shift, but right. it worked out for me. Yeah. Because, like, the, the tides ended up going the route that right. I went, like, right. to an extent, mm-hmm. to an extent. But I feel like that world, like, definitely, and a lot of my other friends who... who you know, still did more. I mean, if you want to call it more traditional indie rap, which yeah, is already, is already. <laughs> you know, but you know, felt that squeeze. You know, mm-hmm. at that same point, but but you know, yeah. the, the first half of the of the of the first uh, decade mm-hmm. of the two thousands, yeah, um, and because there was that bump really around between you know ninety nine and oh two, yes, oh three, maybe, yes, uh, uh, of like. The whole world was like looking at all of us, exactly. like, "What is what is this?" You know, really? England and 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 Europe, and and uh, they were all discovering, you know, what what we were doing. And mm-hmm. so, what what are those guys? What did those guys get into? You know, how did they how did they deal with it? Like somebody like AC alone, who I would say he was probably like as as far as the impression of from the outside, probably the the most renowned out of those yeah, guys. I would, I, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. He was, um, he was the first Project Bodian I ever heard of in yeah, Chicago. So what do those guys do? You know what I mean? At that point, it's like, you'd be like, okay, well, I guess I need to get a job again or what? I'm like, what? I don't, you know, I haven't, I have not seen that happen too much. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't know what people are doing. I know AC Alone's thing is unique in that he, he has a close enough relationship with Decon. And I don't know, maybe who's Decon running? He runs Blow. 
No, no, Decon, the record label. Okay. Now they used to distribute Blow Records. Okay. It was okay. Decon. Okay. Um, and so Decon, like they they work with like J Electronica. That was the most out. ignorant thing anyone could ever say. Did he run? He ran Blow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of names. Don't don't need yeah. to apologize. But um, Decon is a record label out I think New York. Okay. Blow Records was a was was a subsidiary of them. Okay. But yeah, so he's still putting his records out through Decon. Okay. Um, what I see right now is that, at least for somebody in my case, if I don't put myself in a position where my music comes out on a higher platform than it has been, then I'm, my career will not grow. Right. Do you think the label is the, is the answer? I think, I think that the label is the first answer I can think of. Yeah. Um, and I would definitely be open to any other ideas of how to do that. But I, I feel like when I'm looking at who's in whatever conversation and who's not in whatever conversation, then typically it seems to be either a label thing and on the other side of the spectrum is a YouTube thing. I, 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 you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that and trying to figure out the answer. And uh, I don't know exactly. Is it is it real muscle or is it like... Somehow it hits a sweet spot somehow, or is it a, both? I don't know. The way I've seen it lately, I've seen some like I've seen really awesome music pop up on Bandcamp yeah. with nothing behind it, right. and it's just like throwing a boulder in the ocean. It just sinks. Sure, surely. You gotta have some. You gotta something. have something pushing something. behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, and I see. You know, from what I've seen, like the rocks that keep skipping. Yeah, is it a label? Yeah, or they have built a huge organic fan base. Yeah, on their own. You know, yeah, and I just look. I look at the people that I know are really around me as case studies more than anything. I got friends, you know, they do national tours, but if you talk to most people, they never heard of them, right? And it's not even in the sense of just them being underground or indie or whatever. It's in the sense that they exist on the internet in a different way, yeah, than a lot of the other conversations that are being had. But they're but they're, they'll fill rooms. Yeah. Okay. They do big. They do big spots. Yeah. You know, and and um, yeah, the internet has changed everything, yeah. and like. And it's it's still an infant, you know. I owe a lot to the internet in many ways too. But For sure. I, but like, I'm definitely not at the forefront of it, and don't really understand. It I that mean, much. you know, and, and hopefully it wouldn't be you that had to be. It'd be like somebody yeah. on your team that, yeah. that. And that's what I've seen too. Those even those YouTube guys, usually they have a very capable manager. Yeah. Who has really studied new marketing, right? And has figured out how to make their brand take off on that platform. Yeah. You know, like it's it's never them by themselves. Oh, this kind of talk make really gets me. I get I get anxious. I bet you know what I'm saying. I mean, I, like I, mean I and and it's the stuff that I don't I don't want to think about this I, shit. Yeah. going into making music. Yeah, no, and you, you shouldn't have to, and you should. You know what I mean? And you should. It seems it would seem to me that of course the best product would be made if you never concerned yourself right. with that shit, and you just handed it off after it was done to somebody who got all that shit. Yeah, you know. Um, my social media persona has to be, of course, like part of, you know, part of my marketing arm. But what that means is it's a lot of really dark shit that I want to say that I can't say. You know what I mean? Because it would do damage to what, you know, like, to you what I'm so? trying to do. I do. I really do. So you're careful about your, like, I, what I you am, would say on there? I say ridiculous, absurd shit all the time. But you won't but say dark shit. I, I try to stay, like, because I have, you know, if I'm 
feeling really down, yeah, I don't want to. I don't really want to do that. I don't go on there when I'm yeah. super dark. I, yeah, I sometimes I do, but it's not a good idea. Yeah, it. typically it doesn't seem. But like, I don't. I don't think about it as like a bad idea for my career necessarily, hmm. but more like this is a bad look. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like I don't know. If there's one thing that that being and like I said, I've, I've only been putting out music since 2010, but there's these really intense moments of like desperation and thirst you know what i mean and i feel like they fucking like there's they've begun to warp me some you know what i mean and like i have to be very careful about showing that you know what i mean i think it's very fucking repulsive <laughs> you know what i mean like, I, I do know what you mean and i i think i think that's like a the, you know that's the quick fix is like okay well don't show anybody they don't like this more than that is to figure out how to not yep. feel those ways though yeah no seriously like, and I'm sure it's hard, especially living in L.A., mm-hmm. I'm sure that adds to it, right? It's very, it's very I, it probably does. Um, I mean, I feel like even if I moved, I mean, I, I feel like most of, like, these really bad moments I get is if I read something on the internet that fucking I'm super sensitive to. And not even something about me, but something about me feeling like somebody else is getting something that I deserve. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Where, when it really strikes its tone with me and it'll fuck up, like, my whole day or night sometimes if I read like the wrong thing so in that sense it's not so much geographic you know it's just me fucking paying attention to shit I shouldn't be paying attention to do you have that 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 feeling like like that's that is a hard emotion to feel yeah it's like uh, you know people should be listening to what I do and then like the difficult part is that it's hard not to take it personally as in a reflection on my product if it doesn't take off every time and it usually doesn't right you know what i mean i've tried some different you know i've done different things in different directions but like i said nothing i've done or very little that i've done is actually like you know what i mean how many how many albums have you done i did th- i've done three albums three albums and i okay. put out like fucking five eps or some shit like that okay like Four, the, the, was the first album was mush yeah and then the second one was hellfire club hellfire and the third one was fake four mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the varying levels of success, um, I would think my, my most successful record at this point is probably my second one. The Hellfire Club. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who runs Hellfire Club? Uh, no Can Do does, but it's kind of run almost via committee. Like, I'm a part of that part of it. So it's not... It's kind of like Anaconda. Yeah, but like, you guys were like official co-op, right? Or our official co-op? I'm yeah, not... I mean, early on, okay. it, it was soul in a really his his dream i feel like in the beginning and then you know it it later like in 2002 or something we sat down and we're like all right if we're all going to be involved let's figure this out we wrote a contract Mm. yeah it's no can do's label he's the final word just about on anything yeah in terms of signings in terms of like release dates and all of that but i mean i have a lot of input bus driver has a lot of input um Milo is the new, you know, he's like the newest caddy. Has a lot of input. Um, is he doing well? He seems yeah, like he's doing great. Yeah, he's doing great. Um, he's got a lot going on for him. Good right now. It's Good. it's real things are things are really working out. Um, me and him have been talking a lot about how to not be so thirsty. Yeah, because at this point, dude, I, I really feel like I'm I'm turning into Gollum a little bit. You know, like <laughs> yeah. seriously, I feel yeah, it. Like, it you happens, know, like man. I I feel myself like. Fucking doubling over, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Just, you know, under the weight of, like, wanting all the time. Yeah. And he, you know, his his career, his involvement in, you know, what we do business-wise uh, has been short. But he's already taken a couple lumps. 
And his idea, and I think it's the right one, is that like we stop trying to play the game like you know, the pitchfork game basically. It's basically the pitchfork game. Right. Basically, a lot of way the the way that we're wired is that like if it ain't on pitchfork, then it doesn't matter. We right. can't be happy about it. We can't but like when I look at what I've done with my life the last three years, dude, like I got a grant to go to Africa and make a record with Raz G. I participated in a freestyle study with the National Institute of Health. I'm a co-author on that study. You know what I mean? Like freestyle study with the National. Yeah, Institute we. Of I freestyled in an MRI machine for hours, what, and, and they mapped my brain. Oh, and, to and, see how 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 you. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, and then they had other rappers come do it after I did the pilot, and you know, and I'm a co-author because we graded freestyles. Like me and this, this my producer homie Silence. Like this is stuff. It means something. That's cool shit. Man. You know exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and Pitchfork doesn't give a fuck about any right, of that. Right, right, right. And a lot of the 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 shit that we're chasing doesn't give a shit about it. Like booking agents don't give a shit about it. You right, know what I mean? And right. like all these components and things that we think we need, but like Milo's idea is that no, like we all have these resumes with this really unique shit on it. Yeah. Let's take it to the museums. You know what I mean? Let's like take it to these institutions. Let's right. like show our resumes to the people that matter. Let's get this grant money. You know what right. I mean? And like, that's, uh, it's just so refreshing to talk to him. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's like, yes, that's it. Because that's the, the golem comes. Cause I, I feel like my stuff isn't valued and it makes me ugly sure. inside. You know what, what, when I look back at what I've done, I can be proud of it. And then there's people who will give me what I think I'm worth. Who's to say me? where the music you do belongs. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, does it does it belong in in a gallery or or does it belong in in a dirty rock club or right. it, you know like I don't feel like I belong in any of those places really but <laughs> but like I hear you what know, you're saying yeah and, and that's that's I think that's where health lies is just to get try to try to try my damnedest to get off of that roller coaster you know try <sighs> I, and I say I try because a part of the problem with me is that like the way I'm mentally wired. Is that when I decide to do something, like the instant after I've decided, like I'm already running up a mountain, like I'm already there, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like trying to figure out how to like stop and not fall and like redirect my energy somewhere else when I, I have momentum yes. and thought inertia that's already so headed in that I direction. I think it's really about slowing down yeah. and tapping into that in the moment mm -hmm. thing, you know, and being able to, and I, I'm saying this, I haven't been able to do this, but, but you know, I'm working on it, learning how to enjoy every day. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can do that, what are you stressed about then? Money, yeah. money, of course. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It'll come. If, you, if you're doing that and you're really, truly like enjoying every day, I, I, I do believe that somehow things will be provided for it. And I'm not a God-fearing man, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. Like, I think things work out in some way. I mean, because the thing is, honestly, for me, things have worked out. Like, if you build it, they will come. Okay. Right. right. I know? like that. There's, there's, I can't really honestly look back at anything that I've done as, as having really failed. It hasn't. Like, I've made what I wanted to make and it's gotten out to people and I've been able to do some really cool shit, travel a bunch of fucking places. Like, there's still shit I want to do. Like, I haven't even been to Europe yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's still shit I want to do that, you know, I'm kind of close to. But, you know, the, the feeling, the desperation and the thirst, it doesn't match up with what I've done. You right. You know what I mean? And so it's like I have to reconcile that shit in order to feel like a fucking 
human being. But you, the, the, let, let me let me let me let me explain something to you about that thirst, and you probably know this. But no matter what level of oh yes you get to, oh, you no. always I know. have that and thirst. I, and I've, I've asked everybody I've met. Yeah, I've asked like yeah. I, I'm top of the ending to the bottom. Yeah, I always. Are you happy? Right. The answer's always no. Yeah, you answer's yeah, if always no. If you're ambitious and and you have ideas, you will always want more. Yeah. And you you know, but I, I think that the truly successful people are those people that that throw all that out the window and you know, just enjoy each moment. Yep. That's sounds stupid, but I no, think, that's the I truth. think it's true. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And I think, you know, that's going to be the avenue to me being able to do that. It just slowly stop yeah. chasing shit that doesn't give a shit about me. You know right. what I mean? It's right. like, yeah. And that's another thing is like, you never really will. I mean, there's like a very small percentage of people who win playing someone else's game. Yes. Exactly. You know, like it's really about making your own game. Yeah. I think the only way to do that is to forget that there is a game at all, and then you, you, your subconscious will create that game, and like I said, they'll come and play it. Yep. I'm, I'm shit. That's right. Sage wisdom, man. I mean, that's I, I, I think that's right. Yeah. It's got to be right. I just have to never forget that, and I do every day. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's hard myself. when you see. I know what you're saying. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, you see, you see things. And going on on the internet, you you want to be a part of them. You yeah. know, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 it's the same way for me, man. But but uh, it never it, it never is satisfying. No, it never no is. How much I, you know? And I always because I, I had that thought occur to me a while back. Like, oh, I bet none of these motherfuckers are happy. Right? And it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's everybody. Everybody has the next level up. Like it was so funny, man. I did that. I did a tour with Aesop Rock. Yeah. And to find out how much he does not like touring. Yeah. Like, that was like, oh my God, he's serious? Like, he plays a... Do you like played 500 kids every night. Right. And you don't know, like, oh, he's serious. But it was like that thing, you know what I mean? It's like, that's his challenge. Yeah. You know I understand I mean? where he's coming from with that. Do you, do you, mean, you not I, like touring? Uh, let me put it this way. Aesop and I have both been doing it, like, a yeah. lot, a oh, yeah. lot oh, since... Yeah. You know, since you were very two, young, two thousand and one, two thousand. You know, and it gets you know. Of course, it gets old. <laughs> mm. I love traveling, and like I like seeing different places. I like you know, and I do like performing. Uh-huh. But the travel, it wears you out. Mm-hmm. It wears you out. Like and, you know, and I, I got sick with it, and mm-hmm. I got you know, like it. It, it just. It takes its toll on you, you know. Like a human being is yeah. not supposed Posted. to be constantly right. moving. That's like true. That. That's true. That, that said, I have like you know when I get together with my friends that we toured together, you always have fun stories yeah. to talk about and remember this, remember that. It was funny. I was just uh, you know on the tour I'm on right now. Uh, me and Sam and were just talking about it because you know I picked him up from the hotel and, and I think he'd only got to relax for maybe like an hour after a long drive or something. And um, and he was like, "Tour is funny, yo, because." Cats want to pay you to rap, which you would do anyway, you know, and it's supposed to be really awesome. But like three days into it, I'm always like, damn, <laughs> I kind of want to go home. Right, right. <laughs> it, and um, is this like his first time doing this or he's this is his first time headlining. OK. Uh, you know, nationally. OK. And he, he, he's he's on the um, Stone's Throw. Stone's Throw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's cool. That's a good label. It is. Mind. It seems to yeah. be. I mean, you know, from my vantage point, which is outside of that, it seems right, to be right. great. I'm sure. What would be your ideal, like, you, you talk about labels and you yeah, talk about man. what would um, like, be your ideal circumstance that you think, like, your stuff would fit into and they would market your shit right? I feel like I'm built for, like, a sub-pop or a anti or, a, you know, one of those traditional indie labels that occasionally put out some rap. Like, that would be... You know, I couldn't think of a situation to be better than yeah one of those type yeah you know yeah it ain't it ain't a whole bunch of roster spots <laughs> going know, around for thing. those. I mean, I, the more I think about it, it's like are, aren't those aren't those guys like hurting anyway? Like everybody's hurting. Yeah. I know. I everybody's hurting. But maybe they're still able to. I definitely you know pe- the people that I know that are on labels in that upper indie yeah, size yeah. are seem to be doing pretty decent I guess so they still do their thing you know? yeah yeah I mean I haven't you know um, I'm sure on their side I mean I'm sure they're hurting uh, I'm sure they have less resources to spread around it's just that you know when I get back to that conversation about platform it seems like you know for what I do that's the high platform you know I got a buddy man um, Hannibal Burris he's a comedian we all yeah. went to, me him and Dave we all went to school together okay um, he got his first big break writing for Saturday Night Live how did that happen for him? Oh man! I mean, I listened to the Marin, <laughs> I, 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 but I, I don't, don't remember. I don't exactly know how yeah. it happened. I mean, I, I know at some point an agent got involved, or yeah. I, oh, and I also do know that he, you know, he's done some writing for other comedians, so maybe that kind of opened the door for him okay. too. But um, anyway, go on. With ever ever since that happened, and I saw how his life changed, I'd always thought about what would even be analogous. In terms of what I do, yeah, like right, what kind of institution is there, right? That's been around that long, that still has the power to like change somebody's lifestyle. That's that's a great question. That's a great question. I don't know. I mean, you know, on the mainstream level, you'd say something like Def Jam or some shit like that, and maybe. Yeah, but what happened? I mean, you know, look at what happened to Eminem, and I go back to that. That's a long time ago, but like Dre came across his his fucking demo or whatever mm-hmm. and, and and that was like that yeah you yeah. know yeah I don't know I mean I guess that 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 kind of thing could still happen with with, a, with just with a larger artist or, or some sort of what we call a benefactor or whatever yeah. you want to I mean you know like the big labels can do it I think on my level being associated with a rhyme series or something like that yeah. would really change my situation yeah. not as drastically yeah. but that would be you know what about like Kendrick Lamar or, mm-hmm. or the uh What's what's the guys Wolf, Wolfgang Puck or whatever? No, uh, Future, those guys. Yeah, like like what 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 uh they all make music that I would consider to be underground sounding. Okay, right? Wouldn't you say that? I mean, um, Kendrick Lamar has a couple of songs that you're like, okay, that's it. But but even but honestly, the first time I heard Swimming Pools, which was on the Wiz here, which is the you know rap and R and B, you know, and and like I'm like the fuck is this? <laughs> this sounds like some one yeah. of my friends. Yeah. It's, it, 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 I think. Yeah, what what a unique situation he is. I mean, he's super talented, yeah. super like dope songwriter. Yeah, to have that kind of mainstream rap attention, uh, it's incredible. I know his his role started, I think, with Dre. I'm like, black people listen to this. This doesn't sound like music black people listen to. Yo, it's funny. Even before that album came out, though, like his audience is mostly young black women. Yeah, you know, like he's but, cute. You know. And but he also has. A sensitivity. Yeah. He also has an R and B ness to him, even though like he's a dope rapper. You know the, what I the mean? The Drake song, I guess, has that. You know. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, did you ever hear the thing that came out before that? The the, the you know I never did. Section eighty is dope. It's dope. I Section need to get eighty it. is dope, and like people were playing me his stuff for a long time, and I was like, eh, whatever, because he sounded too much like Lupe to me. You know, okay. and I was never like a huge Lupe guy. Like okay, that. you know, um, I never really listened to Lupe though. People have told me to listen to him. Lupe is cool. Lupe is not bad. Lupe Soul is was almost, a big Lupe fan back. In, that's like, interesting. Several years back, I remember him telling me to get into that. But See, anyway, Lupe just does a lot of shit that makes me not want to even listen to his music. He just does a lot of like weird shit that I don't like. Like. You know, he said, oh, I never listened to Tribe and shit like that. Like, really? He said that? He said that. He really said that. And then, like, they did one of those VH1 hip-hop honors things. Yeah. And he was tapped to do a verse on one of them Tribe songs. I want to say it's a lecture relaxation. And he comes out. To and do he, the, the, the cover of it? Yeah. And okay. he comes out and, like, forgets the verse. Hey, my man, Lupe, got something to say. I like them yellow, brown, Puerto Rican, that hate shit. Okay. My name is Lupe from the Zulu Nation. Uh-huh. I told you in the jam that we could get down. Now let's knock the boots like the group H-Town. Nobody don't depend on the bedroom wall. This is how I ball. You know what I mean? Who, like, who of our generation doesn't know every verse on that album? <laughs> and then I know you know you know he heard it. He's just, he yeah. was saying that to try to distance himself from like he wanted to be perceived as a little bit more street than that at the time. He was okay. saying, "Oh, I only listen to Spice One or whatever." Going right, on. crazy shit. That, right, and he was you know anyway. Um, I thought Kendrick sounded too much like Lupe on a lot of things that I heard. Okay. Uh, but then when I heard Section Eighty, it's incredible. There's some just great songs. Right? Is is that? That high voice style, the cracking voice, is that more on there? That, that's, um, I, I feel like in my mind, that's like an older style. You know what I'm talking about? Um, I, don't, I don't think so. I think it's... I want to say it's, it's rapping-wise, it's really more the same. It's just that okay. the beats are a little less polished, but yeah. they're still as good. Like, yeah. they're still as musical. Yeah. You know? I, I, I really... And, and, you know, I think he started... I think Dre ended up tapping him to do some detox writing. And from what I understand, they offered him an aftermath deal, but he didn't take it. And it ended up turning into, uh, I think, uh, some type of distribution or production deal for the, their label TDE okay. through aftermath. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. And so then, you know, his stuff, of course, gets that platform. Right. You know what I mean? But, but fucking, it's great, so it should. So he, I mean? so he he really got, again, There, there's, there is the theme there with those two, at least, with Hannibal and him, was mm-hmm. in the writing situation oh, where, yeah. you know, and I was thinking about that, like, I shouldn't mention this, actually, but, <laughs> uh, I was writing some shit last night and thinking, like, uh, you know, I, I think that would be a cool life to be, like, a a writer in it, like, for, for comedy or for, or for whatever, yeah. like, I, right, that's, that's that's my immediate future. Like I have decided to do that. Like, Dude, I'm gonna I turn love my YouTube into like experimental comedy writing. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. that's that's because the network that I've been able to build for myself, so much of it is in like the comedy world and the TV world. That it, like if I was able to do something and show people that I could be talented that way, yeah, that would change my life too. To me, that sounds like a real nice life. Like you, you know, you you write shit or you go into a room with you know people around a table or whatever the fuck yeah. and you you know you bad ideas back and forth yeah. like that's that's kind of fun I think so yeah I think so and you know like that that's the kind of thing that uh like I said I got this YouTube channel that's kind of laying around like yeah. that shit could take off you know fucking I think that's how like Portlandia started it was them really? just fucking around making like yeah. I don't know if it was YouTube but it was, they were that's, just making short videos I also want to do the short video yeah. thing yeah that's like a, you know and I, we do we dabble with those like before every album we do like a little uh, 
series okay. of videos. See, yeah, so you yeah. already, you already got. Yeah, we. I went to school for for video art. Oh so shit! Okay, I, like, yeah, I never graduated, but but that's you, like you learned what I was doing. Yeah, so so, uh, and I have this friend Andre. He does. That's what he does professionally, and and he lives in LA. But so we'll do a series for every. But yeah, I, I always feel like that's that's what I want to get more into. You know, that's I just want to diversify. I, yeah, here's something sure. I thought of the other day is I think like in regards to chasing you know someone else's idea of what you know you know you you're, you're like following you know say like okay I gotta follow in the footsteps of AC alone or follow in the footsteps of whoever else yeah. is coming before you mm-hmm. you know that that's a, I think that's a very like you know pre two thousand Two mentality, three mentality, and our old world, or even pre, two, let's say two thousand eight, because like yeah. things are still drastically changing. But like, at least in my mind, for me, and I, I have this podcast now, and I, it's like it's more about being diverse yeah. as an artist. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's actually you can think about it as being a freeing thing. Like, I can't really sell the kind of records that I sold, you know, five, six years ago because records don't Just sell like they sold yeah. five, six years ago, right. seven years ago, whatever. But, like, I can now, you know, do the podcast, do the video stuff, do the the music stuff. And, you know, and it can all be, in a way, just as important as yeah. each other as a body of work or just a way of living. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm an artist and, and I live an artist's an artist life. life. Exactly. And every day I make art one kind or another. That, and that's that's another point that I didn't bring up about, you know, um, what Milo reminds me of all the time, too, when we talk is that thing of, yeah. like, you know, living an artist's lifestyle and, and how, like, and the kind of... He's young and yeah. so unjaded. Yeah. That's what I envy that. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's very fresh. Yeah, you know, and, and see, that's what I want to get back to. Yeah, is me, that mentality. Me too, man. Yeah, me too. Get back to what was Gollum's name before he was Gollum? Smeagol. I, I I don't know. Some, Jared, I think. Something. He was in some regular uh, Hobbit name, and then you know he started chasing the damn ring. Yeah, and then now he's like a fucking homunculus. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not even a human anymore. Exactly. Exactly, it, it wears on you. It does. It, does, it eats at you. Um, but when you were saying what what, what Milo was, yeah, and, and and that whole thing about you know like because when you when you live that artist lifestyle, then everything you do has a certain sense of value to it that goes beyond whether or not a website writes about you. Right. You know what I mean? And then the value translates to people who patronize you, whether they're consumers, whether they're institutions. I mean, like like this was one time I got commissioned. To make a song for somebody who was like gonna propose to their girlfriend with it or something, you know what I mean? And and the first asked me like, man, that's an odd idea, but I'm like, oh yeah, like that's an excellent thing for me to be paid for. Yeah, is to use my thing to do something, you know what I mean? Like to that's a prime example of the way that we need to get paid in the yeah. new. Yeah. In the new world, exactly. personalized works, not like because we're not getting paid works. otherwise. Yeah. And it, it really is about like living that artist life, but but you do have to somehow find a way to make a. You got to monetize, but the thing is, we have like the YouTube monetizes automatically if you create content that people want to look at. The YouTube, YouTube will, is like will pay you to have the content. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. YouTube and YouTube. 
You know, you know a lot more things about this well, than I do. Well, because I got friends, man. Like I said, the guys that I know that took off on YouTube, them dudes get paid. Who, who are we talking about? Is this music stuff? Yeah, it's music stuff. stuff. Music I mean, stuff. Um, you ever heard Dumbfounded? No. Okay. Dumbfounded is in my, my group, the Thirsty Fish. Okay. He's part of my the crew that, you know, we came out of the blow with the swim team. Um, they start with their channel and they start making their content and they, they do it consistently. Like, consistency is, like, really important. So, a song for them is really a video. Right. There is no there is no song without a video. You know what I mean? It, and you are, you know, like, you can are, like, right now, I can get if revenue. you have a certain amount of hits. Certain amount of, certain amount of consistent hits, certain amount of subscribers, certain yeah. amount of, you know, once you've grown your thing. Because Google makes more money as you get more views so okay. they want you to get more views so if you're a partner then they start promoting your channel right you know what i mean and they do they start to do these weeks now you've seen that they'll do like comedy week or they'll do geek week and they'll start i don't know they'll they'll start promoting these channels that do well because every time that they get fresh eyes on content it makes them more money because of the ads okay and so then it makes you more money right too but you know the the, the all that is to say the monetization avenues a lot of times are there. Yeah. It's just that the the new way of thinking as a independent artist is that all of the work that my predecessors used to put into making an album, yeah. that work needs to go. If if you're doing the DIY thing and really trying to get on, you got to put a lot of that energy in the video. But you still have to put it into your into your music too. It's like it 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 is. I feel like. You have to be full fucking time at yeah. this point yeah. um, to make it work. It's it's tough, but but I, I like what you're talking about. But it also makes me anxious again. It's another topic that you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like it seems too, I bring you the gift of anxiety. It, it seems too big, and it seems too like like, takes, like other people have figured it out way more than me already. Yeah. So I'm like I'm I mean, so far behind. Of course, but that's why every every time you turn around, you'll be hearing about a new guy, you know, right. because they've already. Like I said, those guys with the managers who studied new marketing, yeah. new marketing is YouTube. You know, Here we are telling the world, everyone, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about this. Shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because honestly, like, as unique as I feel like I am. This is just the stuff that he's telling me on the surface. <laughs> once once, the, once the, the tape recorder goes off, he's going to explain the real way to make it. There's money. a full presentation. I have slides. Yeah. It's, it's going to be fantastic. But um, I, I really, you know, I think all of us feel like our perspectives are unique or we wouldn't be doing it. You right. know what I mean? And I feel like if if it shouldn't be that hard for me to take my unique perspective and apply it to some other mediums, even if it sucks at first. It's like I sucked at rap at first. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. Same know, here. Gotta, Same here. You got You know, I feel like if I take it and I and I actually commit myself to writing other things, you know, eventually I should be good at it. And eventually, you know, I, I should have something unique. I should have a product. And even, you know, my hopes for what this YouTube thing that I'm going to try to do is that even when it's bad, you know, people will see where it's going and I'll yeah. be able to accumulate some steam and some numbers. And, right. you know, what I've noticed, too, man, like, you do a lot of, you do any band camp stuff? Uh-uh. You probably can't. I've done, you know, like I said, I've done three proper albums and all those came out through the, you know, quote-unquote proper channels, iTunes, uh, Boomcat, whatever the fuck. Uh, what I noticed when I put out a project through Bandcamp, people pay me for it and people a lot of times overpay me for it. And, I, and, and the sense that I get is that people uh, find it a lot easier and more welcoming to give me money when they think it's going straight to me. Right, right. You know what I mean? It, but is it, or is it the kind of thing where they're like, 
this guy's really trying to do his thing. He needs a little help. Let me give, you know what I'm saying? Whereas opposed to like, if you're on a label, they're like, oh, he's on a label. He's, he's rich or whatever. Well, you know, you know I, I mean, my thing is, it just seems to me to be the kind of same mentality that maybe gets people to really donate to a Kickstarter, even if somebody's been popular already. It's just a, like, when the relationship seems like it's more direct, yeah. to me, the people seem way more supportive. This this is really like, and all these things, I think Bandcamp and Kickstarter is like, is the start, I think, of the new way that that we all, you know, make money. But like, I think it's it's still so much in its infancy, mm-hmm. it's floundering to figure itself oh, yeah. out, Absolutely. right? But Absolutely. it is like, but the idea is there. And mm-hmm. these these people who, who are figuring these, you know, who started these, these uh, websites and stuff, you know, they know what the deal is. Right. We're trying to solve the world's problems here. Yeah, we are. <laughs> We're breaking rocks, man. I'm trying to figure it out so you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm afraid of Kickstarter, to be honest with you. I'm yeah. very afraid of Kickstarter. Um, what it would mean to my fans or my consumers, whatever, to ask them for money to make a project and then to want to also sell the project to them. Like that, that to me is a very, it's something I haven't been able to get around. Yeah. But by the same token, there's been a lot of uh, hubbub about Spike Lee using it and people mad at him because he made like, someone Kickstarter. Yeah. And I'm okay. like, yes, do that, please. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like everybody needs funding. And I know Spike, people, you know, studios aren't throwing money at Spike Lee right now. Right. So if he, you know, it, it, or if they are, it's to make something that he doesn't want to exactly. make. Exactly. It's so, like, you know, using him as, just a random director that understands how to, you know, how to shoot something, but right. isn't using his brain. It's really. not, yeah, it's yeah. not getting his vision right. out. So if he's like, if people want to help him make a move, then let him do it. And why would yeah. anybody be upset about right. that? You know, I, yeah. I, I do it. I think it's bad that people try to keep people out of that. You know, I think it's people that don't understand how the studio system works. Yeah, that's probably you know? true. Not that I do, but but I understand that some that everything has to get funded. You know, yeah. and you can't assume just because. Everyone, because Spike Lee's a household name, that all his movies right. made shit tons of money. You know what I mean? Like exactly. And then people in Seoul, he should use his own money. Nobody does that, right? Nobody, right. no big time directors using yeah. their own money. So why Coppola, should he? Coppola does. Does he really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I think so. Yeah. He funds all his own movies at this point. Well, yeah. at this point, I guess yeah. And I think he did even back. I think he funded Apocalypse Now on himself. Cause oh then, yeah, because then he can then he can go. He, did you see that documentary? I didn't, but I, I just actually saw the movie for the first okay. time, uh, like a few months ago. Then he can say fuck you to all the studios yeah, and be true. like, yeah, I'll, I can I'll work on this for three years and spend fucking millions of dollars. And you know, you know, I get that mentality. I do. I understand it, but yeah. you know, that's not sustainable. No, it was for in that case, it worked out. It was a big gamble, and he actually. I but I mean, worked out for I'm sure there are thousands more that failed. Exactly. You know, and I know that most most directors are not putting their own money up. No, you know, if he's, of course if not. He's a shining example. That's awesome. I'm glad that it's yeah. working out for him. But uh, well, that's a crazy person's way of working. It I is. mean, it's like, what is his family supposed to think about that? Like, right. you know. Anyway, so you, but I think we came up on the same stuff. So try you say tribe called quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That vein of. Uh, 
what do we call that? Light, light, non-violent mm-hmm. East Coast rap and a little bit of West Coast sprinkled in. Maybe. Yeah, man. Like, you know, to me, it was just really, it was mostly about the beats, man. It's like the jazzy stuff. I really like, yeah. you know, like, and, and people who were like... You're, you're a Midnight Marauders guy. Oh, love it. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, you mean yeah. versus Low End Theory? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Midnight Marauders. Me too. Definitely me too. Midnight Marauders guy. And Midnight Marauders was the first one that I got into, but re- regardless, it, it, it's... I think either way, it's it's so much more lush. Yeah, and, a lot and of people prefer low end theory. I know they do. I know they do. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't get it. I, you know, I, I, some people don't like. Like, okay, a lot of people don't like that Fender Rhodesy kind of lightness. Yeah, some people prefer the more rugged, upright bass right, right, thing. Right, you know what I mean. But for me, like, it's just it's just like when I think of low end theory, I think of yeah, I just think of bass and drums. It's yeah. just very very raw. Yeah, and and, and when you, yeah when you have Men Marauders, it's it's just full and just I mean it's genius the there. way it's put together, the way he layered samples like and that's all Q tip I guess. Yeah, that's all tip. Yeah, that's before even Dilla was involved. I saw the, saw the movie. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I watched it again recently. Maybe. Okay, but yeah, no, I mean even Do you like the Dilla one. I, do. I don't. Maybe there's I do. multiple ones. I, I, there's, I, there's two there. Doug. I never listened after Beats, Rhymes, and Life. Yeah, me. Beats, Rhymes, and Life was part Dilla, and in the Love Movement was a lot of Dilla okay. too. But I like both. I like all of them. Yeah. I like. I mean, Beats, Rhymes, and Life is the one I like the least. I prefer Tiff's production though. Uh, yeah, you know, but it's it's hard to say because I think my favorite beats on Beats, Rhymes, and Life are Dilla's beats. Okay. I think. You know, if I don't know who did what. I just when I think of that album, I just think of the of the the, the snare that's stabbing your eye at all yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of reverb on that snare. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> loud as fuck. Yeah, true. and the vocals are a little bit quiet. Actually, mm. that's the way I think about it. But Damn. whatever, what am I to say? It's still a good album. Yeah, it's a fucking tribe album. It's still yeah. got all the colors. It's just yeah. not the perfect balance. Like Midnight Marauders are just perfect. Yes, it's perfect. You put on God lives through. Is like. Which song is God? That's the see? last song on there. Da da da. Oh, okay. Yeah, do, yeah. Do, do, yeah. Do. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God, that <laughs> yeah. song! Like I used to, I used to just put that song on repeat and sleep to it. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. just man, perfect to me. Perfect. Yeah. You know, and then all that shit they were doing, he was like, we like to get down, Jack. Shit. What else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like either the twelve bar loop shit was crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. like with a. Uh, the inside my love sample and the fucking electric relaxation yeah. one and shit yeah. like like three four like. I recently and, and I got into uh, eight million stories which mm-hmm. is it, it, just a straight five dog rap and I, I used to hate on five but you know what it's not bad man <laughs> not and bad that song that song is great you know I like this song a lot too but that's one of those kinds of songs that like a lot of tribe I can put on with my wife around. And we could just vibe out. Right. He's a little dirty. That's all. He says some absurd, crude shit. Yeah. Is that the one where he talks about semen as furniture? No, that was electric relaxation. Okay. Okay. But in that one, he says, uh, went down on hunting. She's in the red zone. Like, why would you want to have anybody picture that? Like, you know, it was just so out of place. And I love it. But, like, you, you like the outsiders? I don't know the outsiders. Okay, that was like, outside us. Yeah. Okay, I don't. I don't know. They're New York as well. New Jersey. It sounds. It sounds like a Camp Low type <laughs> type uh, camouflage situation. Am I wrong? I mean, it, you know. So this was Young Z and Pace One and okay. Rod Digger and then Eminem was down with them very early on. Okay. Too. Oh, uh, outsiders. Okay. Outside. Yeah. Outside, yeah outsiders, he, he shouts them out. Yeah. Yeah. Outside. And so, me and a lot of my contemporaries. 
that was like perfect rap for us. They made like these fucking basement recordings and okay. shit that were just grimy. Like ours was the first Grave Diggers. Oh, I love for that. some reason. We, you know that record's been bitten spun a lot lately. I really? noticed, and I just read this interview that was on uh, hip hop site. Hip hop site. Okay, it was Prince Paul breaking down the production of each track. It's fucking amazing. It's a fucking great album. It is, and then I've been hearing it lately around like a couple of the shows we've done here. I mean, uh, on this tour. Like the opening DJ will be like playing. I'm like, oh shit, this is crazy. Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> but think about think about that, and then and and uh, and um, I keep calling him Wolfgang Puck. What the, the odd fuck? future? Odd future, right? <laughs> think about the lineage from the first Grave Diggers to Odd Future, and like you know when when we were 16 year old kids, like that was the shit yeah. because it was like, oh my god, this is weird, and like but you know what, nobody liked that shit. I know. They, and, that's, and that's Prince Paul talks about that too. Like how we like that. I, for me, that was, I liked it better than Wu-Tang. And that's, you know. I couldn't like, say I liked it better, but I did like it a whole lot. I thought it had, it was like Wu-Tang, but it had the levity of Prince Paul. Mm, yeah, that's true. The production, all of that shit. He started talking about how on Diary of a Madman, like they had just laid verses and he had to like think about later how to make it all go together. So okay. he inserted all that courtroom shit around the verses. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Fuck, that's production. Like, yeah. damn, yeah. that's what's missing these days is nobody does production yeah. like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? To like make a song pop. Okay. You know? I understand you guys are pleading insanity, claiming demonic spirits possess you to do these hideous murders. Can you please explain to this court how these so-called spirits may do it to these raving madmen? Be a witness! But I mean, in fucking uh, poetic, Grim Reaper, like, that dude was so cold. Was I don't, so you know, I don't cold. know who's who. Like, what, I mean, I know, I, you can tell who RZA is, mm-hmm. and I, does Prince Paul rap on nope. there? Not at all. Not at all. Um, so, so, who, who's, who's poetic? What, what is what? Like that guy, that's what, poetic. But what is he? What did he do outside? Did he have a normal personality? Um, or he was just always insane. Well, as far as I know, he put out records on was it Tommy Boy? Okay. Today, I think he might have been with a crew or something, but I never heard any of that stuff. Everything I've ever heard from him was Grave Diggers. Okay, got it. So just between the first and second album, they put out a third record too, but I never heard the third record. You know, and I, I even like, I didn't like the second one that much either. I didn't really get into it. Now, see, I liked him on the second one. Okay. I think he had some amazing, a couple of really amazing verses on the second one. I think I had just got the, the, the first one was so etched into my brain yeah. that I, I didn't have room for a different It wasn't one. as good. The, yeah. the music, the, the the beats, they were, a lot of them, I didn't really, I wasn't really into a lot of the music on them. You know, my guess now in retrospect is like, you know, they were making that as, probably as fulfillment of a contract right. or because like, they were supposed to somehow. I think, I think what happened was like RZA wanted to or something and he yeah. had like a lot more control over that. Okay. But, yeah. I, I was like, I liked him, I like, just love his voice i liked him on on that and and the and the wu-tang stuff and i i, th- I think i'm probably a small you know I'm, I, I that's unique and for me probably most people would say someone else but I, that's I just, your favorite in the world yeah I, I just i just always liked how he sounded mm-hmm. when he came he was very smooth sounding i like the rizzo too um I, I take different i take turns with like all of them being my favorite i mean dirty was probably my favorite uh-huh that's a special yeah. place in my heart. Yeah. Dirty Dirty sure, sure. almost single-handedly brought me back into listening to hip-hop. Okay. And I, like, really stopped. Like, I saw the Shimmy Shimmy Ya video. And I was like, 
what the fuck? Who yeah. is this crazy person? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, you were, if, 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 on the marathon you talked about, you were in, uh, they might be giants. Alternative and rock, man. We, and, but like the weirder side mm-hmm. of the ween and yeah. shit like that. Like and Primus and shit. Zappa. Yeah. The, the, all, the, all the sort of weird shit. I got shit. into Zappa way later, but okay, yeah, okay. Like the stuff that was popular in the 90s, like the Primus and the Pixies and, well, Frank Black Soul, actually, even more than the Pixies. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and they might be giants and shit. Like, yeah, ween for sure. I only know the pod. That's the only one I know. Uh, That's great. Chocolate and cheese is awesome. Okay. Pure okay. guava, um, and the mollusk. The mollusk. Okay. That's to me. That's the best. Record. That's the one. Okay. The okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. The mollusk is amazing. All right. Awesome. Like they they had a song on that that ended up being like a Honda commercial or some shit. Okay. Like, it's that kind of transcendent thing. Are we okay with that nowadays? I would love it. Yeah. Please, please, please give me a year's worth of money. Please, well, somebody. Honda, you're listening. I'm sure you're listening now. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I have no issue. You know, do you? Do you? I mean, oh, at this no, point, no, okay. No, no, no. But, 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 ten years ago, I would, I would, I would never do a car commercial. Yep. Fucking oil, and you know, you know. But I, at this point, like, I don't really give a fuck. Yo. Like, and I don't. I think like. Everybody's at that point, and, and you almost gotta be. I mean, you you know, and you can be staunch if you want, and if you enjoy not having money, and that's cool. Some people want like to have a, that be an ascetic. Yeah, they want to have a lifestyle, streets. right? Yeah, you know, and that's that's cool. But like, I really, like, I have a family. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. I really like, you know, you're gonna pay me, and way more people are gonna hear my music. Right. Like, you know, right. I mean, I, I I guess there's some line, right? Like, I wouldn't want to. Yes. What the? What would I not want to do? I would not want to. Uh, Sell. I wouldn't want to sell like forty ounces. Like, like that would be right. too particular. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I couldn't. No, sell. I mean I'm thinking beyond that. Okay. As far as like being like you know chained in a basement and you know so like you know if it's only for like a half hour, I'd be like, all right, let's, let's do it. How much? You're like what? A hundred dollars? Half hour? We're good. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> times is hard. Well, be well. <laughs> I'm gonna have to play a Grave Digger oh song. Oh my god! Um, all right, well, I, I, we got that's a that's a long that's a good long amount of time. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good conversation. Uh, what are you what are you doing? Uh, what are you doing tonight? I can turn this thing off. Bye, bye, people. Son of a bun B, what a great guy. Just a wonderful, warm man that you could just sidle up to on a cold night in your bathrobe, drink some chamomile tea, sip it slowly. You could watch uh, Sleepless in Seattle or Bridget Jones' Diary. <laughs> oh, man. This podcast was produced and edited by Ben Sloan and myself. For Wizzy Wonka, Wizzy Wonkle Productions. Wandering wa- wo- Wolfing Wand. Wolfering Wand. Wolfing Wand Productions. Something like that. At Yoni Wolf on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Mr. Eagle. Um, I, we saw his show after, after I... And it was amazing. Like, such a great... Oh, fuck. Okay. It's one of my next... Uh, podcasts okay she just actually listened to one of my old this is someone i'm about to interview and she listened to one of my other podcasts she said oh my god amy miller is me i must talk to her 
Well, Amy, I'll put you in touch with Stephanie Mickus. Anyway, what the fuck was I saying? Where was I at? God, in a horseshoe. Oh, my word. It was so good. He's such a good performer. And his new songs are even better than the ones that are out. Anyway, heading out to L.A. in two days. If you're on the West Coast, if you're in L.A., San Fran, Seattle, Portland, Vancouver, look at whywithaquestionmark.com, all spelled out. We'll be there next week. Check it out. All right, y'all. Stay up. Have a great week. Keep wandering.